Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics podcast with Tim and Jacko. And this week we have a fireside discussion, open mic almost, uh, between four of us with um, Chris and James from We Move after we'd been bouldering with them. And these guys have got a wealth of experience having um, gone around and interviewed and spent time and learnt from a huge number of specialists in a wide variety of um, disciplines and then sort of bring it all together and join it together in their own practice and exploring uh, various different training modalities, techniques, everything from jumping in ice cold water with Wim Hof um, to anything else that they can get their hands on and it was great to talk to them around their what they're building up as their philosophy around have, how to have a healthy happy life really yeah it was a really interesting conversation and we just got the opportunity to spitball uh, so less structure not so much of a Q&A style but I think there's some really interesting and, and um, enlightening components we definitely came away from it having really enjoyed the conversation so I hope you guys do as well so this is James and Chris from We Move on the School of Calisthenics podcast enjoy School of Calisthenics boys, big up. <laughs> How's it going? We're doing good. We um, this is a real nice little get together actually because the, the getting to this point has been like James has actually been a part of our journey yes. right from the start of Calisthenics pretty much. Fairly instrumental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's shaping <laughs> actually. First meeting, you, what's calisthenics? <laughs> well, you don't underestimate that statement, actually, because we, um, we were, when we first met, I remember I had a conversation we had at a mutual friend's friend's barbecue in the back garden. Yeah. And at that point, we were originally starting to think about, we're going to put ebooks out. That was what we were going to do. I think I told you to give it all away for yeah. free. We were like, we were starting to have a conversation about whether we were going to really, copyright it, protect yeah. it. And you were like, why would you want to do that? Just make it accessible to anybody. I remember, I remember that again. Why would you want to protect it? What, no. what would be the problem if someone shared it to like thousands of people? And I remember thinking like, yeah, what is that? What, that'd be amazing. He's onto something. <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> I was also mesmerized by Mitch. Well, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. different level of energy guy. <laughs> but this was at, uh, the first workshop that Jack and I had ever really run properly. Like we've, we have a mutual friend, Martin Yellen, and he'd invite us down. He says, he's got a group of guys, want to get together, want to hang out, do some calisthenics. You guys come down, we'll go outside and you can teach us some stuff. And then... Um, and I'm trying to think how, that was where had we got mm -hmm. to at that point? I don't know that we'd put an, I don't know that we'd put a an ebook out at that point that was early we'd early maybe ran, ran a workshop in nottingham but maybe nothing it yeah. might. so when was this about four years ago yeah because it was under the header of 271 so it was before oh, which it was, was our original sort of like it was before brand name. it was before school of calisthenics was launched so i think it would have been the summer of 2015 potentially before we'd really kind of launched and then we reconnected at carl pyler's insider last year last year last year yeah well 20 summer of 2015 is when uh we went on the first trip to LA that began the, began yeah. the first issue. And it was when we summer, met Carl Powley. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing your magazine for the first time around. Carl Powley's we like, like the movement version of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Have you said that to him? No, but I'm getting now. <laughs> but we saw, when I saw your first, first issue, I was like, boy, he's got Carl Powley in. Like that was a, that was a decent, um, a decent scout for the first issue. 
yeah, we had no idea. We, I just saw his book and I was like, we need to, or I bought the book. So you saw his book, I had no idea who he was. Yeah. <laughs> well, at that point, you didn't even know we were doing a magazine. No. <laughs> Movement. And then <laughs> I saw his book. It just seemed really relevant, I think, where we'd come from. Well, I'd come from at that point, so I was running and I found CrossFit. And that was kind of the point I met mm, you yes. guys. And it just seemed really like, oh, there's way more to... I think all of this, just sports seemed a really old thing. It was like, no one's going to be... I felt like no one's going to be doing sports soon. Yeah, CrossFit like, changed that. Everyone's going to be doing mm. something else. Like, why do I want to compete with someone else or against someone when I could be doing it with them and making myself better in the process and they're becoming better, so we're all becoming better. Yeah, just kind of yeah. changed. When did you guys start We Move? And it's sort of the format. I know it's evolving now. You can touch on that. But when did you guys start to get about, to the game? About a week after James met you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, well, it was going to be a clothing. So my background was clothing. Um, like I said, I was, let me, uh, calendar, calendar wise. So prior to, prior to we move, I was running a clothing business and I burnt out. But at the tail end of that, I was running a lot, got really into running and making clothes, I'm like, oh, I can make sportswear. This is kind of really easy. Fell out of love with the business that I was doing. Um, just kind of overtrained, I think, you know. That, then that cropped up to be a, quite a symptom or a pattern that I would do with everything. Just like full power, blow up, drift off. Yeah. You know, did that, in, did that with climbing, did that with business. And I was like, we need to do something else, but clothes are a really easy way of doing it but it just didn't seem the right thing to do like can't compete with nike you need something to say and i was like we need to kind of inspire people just to move because that was the sort of the savior of my health at the time because i was just like brain was gone body was gone like nothing was connected together and but i didn't know what to do and i always prided myself on never being an expert in anything which allowed me to then speak to experts and there to be no ego clash. Uh, so I was like, oh, movement, I kind of love this. And I'm just really enthusiastic around someone. And I'm like, tell me everything that you know and we'll just put it out. And I was like, so a magazine's quite a good way of doing that because pe everyone wants to share their story. And this was pre... I had podcasts, had come, they were around, but they weren't really around four or five years ago. And a magazine... It seemed like the thing that I could make. I thought a physical thing was really good to make. And then, then Chris and I met and we both kind of had a similar experience of burning out sport in our own way. Chris, football and triathlon, me climbing and then running. And we kind of met and it was like, oh, a magazine's quite a good way. Good way of putting something out where I'm not a coach. And it would be really disingenuous of me to go and try and be that because I think that's a real skill set. Um, and I'm much better being told what to do. It's like, okay, just tell me. You know, when, when we train, Chris will go, how many sets are we doing? And I'm like, five. And I'll be like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that because now I've got to do five. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris is like, I don't really want to do five, but you said five, so we've got to do five. So, so we've kind of worked like that and then that moves it forward. So a magazine came out in that way. Um, 
and it was going to be closed, but a magazine just seemed like the way to connect with loads of people. And then I thought, if we just have a really great network, we just have a great phone book. And I was like obsessed with like, oh, I can have a really amazing like contacts book that I can connect all these dots together, not really knowing where it was going, but my interest was so disparate because I was seeing an osteopath and then a, an NLP coach and then then it got into CrossFit then I went to Olympic lifting, then I went to yoga and it's like that, none of that makes sense, but it all made sense to me at the time. Cause it's like Olympic lifting. It's like, use your feet. And I was like, I don't know what they are. So it's like, okay, what allows me to use my feet, yoga grounding. And then that had a benefit of that. And yeah, then it just went on this magical mystery tour, but I was just like, I don't want to be any one thing, which weirds people out because sport is, well, you, you're a runner. And I was like, I'm, I can run, but I'm not, you know, and I have a body that, that's kind of shaped for running, but I'm not a runner, but I can climb, but never doing that thing because we're told that you should crush it and you should do one thing, you should do it really well. And you're like, the only thing that's getting crushed is me. Yeah. And I think you have a similar thing probably. I think a lot of people will relate to that, particularly in our audience, that sort of like going, like doing a lot of sport and different things and probably honing on one thing when we're younger, like you said, football or whatever, and then life takes over and then we get into working life and then we burn out and then we come back to some of the things that maybe we actually really liked yeah. as a kid. And I think, I know for me, I I played, I did one thing like rugby really and then I'd have loved to have done things like break dancing, a martial art, gymnastics, for just some variety, but Kids. I didn't have the freedom to. And I, I think now then, like, that's where the, what we're doing with calisthenics, you have, then it's like going back to that now yeah. of doing something completely different. And what? like you said, I think, like, having that variety is... I think there's a lot of people searching for yeah. stuff like that with their training and whatnot. And What I think of with rugby, though, is how good jiu-jitsu would be for rugby. Totally. And you're like, oh, wow, no one's doing... You know, you're essentially know why, in a scrum the whole sports, time. Yeah, why, why more sports? They do little bits, <coughs> but why they don't actually cross-share and cross-collaborate with, like, coaching, practicing things they do? Because there'd be, there'd be, there'll be tens of, yeah. or hundreds of sports that could all, like, learn together. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's nice about what you guys do with me with is, is bringing together, like, it might, like you say, you say I think people don't think it makes sense all these random things, but actually, like... They're all about you exploring how to do various different things with your body. And some of it's probably physical, some of it's mental, some of it's a bit of both. Um, and not it for it not being about you, but actually being about the network of people allows you to get this massive diversity of things mm. of like, because who was in the, you had Carl uh, Wim Hof. First the, one, Wim, Carl. Ron Kalk. Ron Kalk. Um, <clears throat> Story about you guys going a long bike ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, Sachiyama climber. Yeah, who's a Japan. climber? Yeah, it was funny when we met him because that was 2015. Yeah. So his focus was on 2020. Yeah. Obviously, he's a awesome climber. He's Japanese, and it's like, whoa, this is a big honor, and that Japanese honor kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, but I've got to change my style. And we were there. His manager was opposite, and we were like, if you don't want to do it, just don't, <laughs> just don't do it, just don't bother. And his manager was like, oh, sponsorship deals, and we're going. Yeah. It's not about competition. You just don't need to, if you don't want to compete, you just climb rocks, man. <laughs> and you could see her just like in the really, you know, amazingly Japanese way, just kind of 
being really polite but go, yeah like <laughs> the thank, Olympics, thank, thank, the Olympics. <laughs> thank you but fuck off <laughs> and uh, we had surfing in there basketball uh, water you know the importance of water Ayurvedic medicine it's, it's quite an array of, of subjects really but, yeah. uh, but as life is an array you know it's not just one thing whether you do calisthenics yeah. or, or, or you know your football or whatever else it's like I think what we found is that when you meet the people at the top end of what they're doing they're drawing on such diverse yeah. things they've just happened to have found themselves in tennis like Djokovic is is an amazing skier he could have gone that way he yeah. could have probably gone to football he could have probably gone into cross you know he could probably gone into all of these things he just chose tennis yeah and you're like wow but he's still dancing like Lomachenko it's an amazing was he ballroom dancer or you know and you're like well, the classic makes sense Bruce Lee you know uh, Kung Fu and, he? Uh, yeah, he was a ballroom dancing champion, wasn't he? We'd like to interrupt this broadcast today to bring you a customer service announcement and we want to tell you how excited we are about the virtual classroom where our online community of amazing people are working together to redefine their impossible and achieve things in calisthenics that they never thought they would be able to, Jacko. Yeah, if you've not thought about it yet, you should really consider uh, becoming a member of the virtual classroom. You become part of that supportive community and you then get access to absolutely every single training program we've got, every workout we do, every challenge, every webinar, and there is specific courses in there for everything from beginners to, to handstands and human flags and everything in between you get access to all of it you get to learn at your own pace online with us within the supportive community of people encouraging each other to redefine their impossible guys it's really something special we would love it if you come and check it out and until you do check it out and we see you in there let's get back to our regularly scheduled program the flip side of that is always quite interesting though because you say well we've got these amazing athletes who have achieved an elite status within their sport and they've got pedigree at that at the, in tennis or whatever it might be but what about all those people that are just good movers who never actually found what it was that they were potentially destined to be very good at like I was never going to be a good rugby player but I was a good athlete as a kid I could probably be average at a number of different sports but because I, was, I put my heart and soul into rugby it was everything I wanted to do but 68, 70 kilos at sort of 18, 19 years old. Wet through. Wet through. <laughs> probably wasn't going to be. And, and yeah, and my body kind of tells the stories of what that was like of getting just absolutely hammered by dudes at 100 kilos. But had it been hockey, could it have been something else? But I never gave myself the opportunity. But the, the, the thing that I love about what you guys have done is you've made it about movement and the purpose is about movement and connecting all styles and forms of movement and not being a generalist but also if you want to be a specialist that's cool but also just appreciate the value of generalism as well because like we go down the route of going I actually really enjoy calisthenics it ticks a lot of boxes for me but I understand as well that how that might fit into some tricking or acrobatics and I still want to move well it's all connected but you just kind of have those areas where you go I just want to spend more of my time like you guys have done a lot on like James you've done a lot on yoga mm -hmm. recently what, what's your training look like Chris like yeah my, my training is very general actually yoga body weight running breathing climbing, different forms breathing. of movement yeah, yeah yeah I mean yeah I'm purely interested in generalism yeah and I'm like going back to what you're saying I would where my head is at, at the moment I, I'm talking or I'm having a lot of conversations about outcome versus process and I and outcome just being the result of a process and i think if we could take out the um the mind out of movement 
and take out like money and professionalism and being like, I want to be a professional tennis player or I want to be a professional rugby player because I want to earn my, my living from that. You know, I think people would be a lot more at peace with just doing what they wanted to do. But for example, I've got a, a, a an eight-year-old nephew who played against Chelsea this week for Leicester. And it's like, he only wants to now be a professional footballer. Yeah. And, you know, he, he fortunately for kids now, they live in the era where it's like, okay, well, you go swimming on Tuesday nights and you play football on Wednesday, da 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 And he'd probably happily do that. But now that this is what he wants to be when he grows up, then it's you then take the generalism out and you create the specialisation, right? Mm. And and that's fine. And I, and I live that particularly with reference to football. But now it's just, you know, I got to 25 and my body was broken from too many injuries. And you know, now I'm in my late 30s, you know, fixing all those things. And now I just find great pleasure. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do yoga this morning, but actually I want to be able to climb. And, and I can't climb if I just do yoga. I just, I don't have the pulling strength. And I want to go down to the park and or I want to go to the CrossFit gym and do some deadlifts just because I want to lift some heavy shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and express myself in that way. And so yeah. I kind of now, you know, we go to, well, we don't go up a lot, but we go into the mountains a bunch. And it's like, I want to run around the mountains and, you know, and scramble. And, you know, if we need to climb and do that, you know, I just don't see why, personally, I don't see why you wouldn't want to be a generalist can and you, be able to do all these amazing things rather than like, oh, I can just hit a tennis ball. But do you think that comes from having to have experience? Like we're all of a similar sort of age. Does that come from a place of, I've, I have to have some experience and context of being a specialist? Like, I think it's very difficult to understand generalism as a kid. Like, like we've both got kids, James. If you take um, my two-year-old, like how do I, yes, you want him to be a generalist, but inevitably there's going to come a point where he's like, I really get excited when I do that thing. And he's got to go through that. Yours is football to come out of it or not, do you think? I, well, my opinion would be having spent time with Erwan LaCour and having spent time with Tony Riddle, both natural movement athletes, natural movement you know they're both their worlds are both based in natural movement when you see them with their kids there is no kind of like this is what we do you know the, the adults the parents them just kind of move around and do whatever they do and then the kids follow mm. most parents can't do that mm. like most parents just don't have the ability to get on a football field and then take the kids running and then you know go swimming with them and then you know balance on trees or climb trees they just don't have it and it you know at that age it's really a monkey see monkey do that that age being I don't know, wild guess at like under 10 or something. Mm. So I think, you know, I was always able to pick up sports really, really easy, but I would suggest it's probably because I had the neurological connections of, you know, doing a paper round, so always being on a bike. So 20 years later, I was able to pick up triathlon pretty quickly because I was also a runner because I played lots of football. And then climbing now, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not that great, but it's like I f was forever climbing tree. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it, it, from a young age, we can't, I would suggest that from a young age now, because of the adult population, most kids specialise because their parents can't actually take them out and move. Yeah, I would add to that, that I think the, when you specialise, because you mentioned potential as well, I think when you see the people at the top of their, their specialisation is just where their potential is, mm. you know, because there's a huge difference. I always use tennis because that's what I grew up playing. Between the, the gap between the top three in the world and everyone else is like it's a country mile that's their they're just doing they they're just they're just doing what they do yeah everyone else is trying to keep up and i would kind of go you're great but you're not achieving your potential those three are they've just found that it's just channeled into that thing and i think the challenge is they've specialized so much 
Whereas the top three, it's they're in their potential. They're just living that yeah. thing. They have their mindset and the focus, and you yeah, could well, transfer that to. I wonder whether, like, always when it comes back around a little bit, what Tim was saying something earlier, and it made me think of: um, <clears throat> Is there, like, for Tim as an example, and he said he was never going to be like that great rugby. Is is he world class at something? That thing just doesn't actually exist, or isn't a game, or isn't a sport, or isn't an yeah. Olympic thing. It's just I think that as a as a is fast. Like it's my mind is like now just being going crazy. Yeah, well, um, I think we are. I think we each have an ability to be. Well, anyone that becomes number one, they've kind of ventured into new new territory, and that's exactly what. But it's still within the parameters of something that we can measure everyone else by. So, like with the, I think about with the generalization versus specialism there there comes a point where just like you were talking about that the whole reason why i'd want to be why wouldn't you want to go and explore all these different things that i don't know if all of us or a lot of us most of us have a there's something in us that wants to go out and explore and and do stuff because we feel good when we're when we are exploring either ourselves or the world or doing some doing some stuff and there's that driving in us, but then there's also a competitiveness in us that as soon as we start getting good at or finding something that we like, like Tim said, when we, when you, when, when your kid goes, right, I absolutely flipping love this. Part of that will be that they're probably good at it. We often don't love things that we're rubbish at. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's then like, how do I then rank above everybody out or compared to other people? How am I actually doing at this? Um, and, and then it's a case of then there needs to be some parameters and then we're then finding out how good we are compared to other people that those things it's actually i don't know it's it then makes it it takes away some of that if you want to then actually be good you have to get rid of some of the generalization and mm. you have to then specialize mm. um i think that works if you continue to love it yeah and then that then you can you can operate in that zone because if you if you just like, I just don't really enjoy doing this, yeah. you know, and I will always say Andy Murray, I mean, phenomenal tennis player, but always looked hard work. Federer always looked effortless. They both had huge tempers. Federer had a massive, you know, and just found a way to turn it around. It's, you know, it's grooved. Like it's just. I admire Murray. I can appreciate both. I admire Murray more because of exactly what you said. It looks flipping hard yeah. work. Like <laughs> he ground everything out of his body. Well, he's probably ground his, his hips out. Paying yeah. for it now. But like, rather than it necessarily coming easy. Yeah. To but him. I don't think it did come easy. It's just, it's like yeah. effortless effort. When we were talking yeah. about climbing, it's just like, oh, that, you know, or seeing someone do a planche or whatever it is. It's like, I want that. Do you want to be able to do a planche or do you want to be able to express your body in a way that looks effortless? Yeah. We had a couple of uh, good perspectives. Or we had one good perspective and then viewed another perspective on competition. One was with, um, what's Yami's second name? Tickenham. Yami Tickenham. Do you know him? I think I've met him. He is the strength and conditioning coach. He's the CrossFit coach for yeah. I met him Annie, in National Annie Daughter. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, he talks about competition with regards to, you know, you use it as a method to just to progress yourself. Like you almost remove the ego. I want to be better than that person or the ego perspective. I want to be better than that person and apply. I can use that person as a way to make myself better. Yeah. To see where you are on that day at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one was um, Laird Hamilton, the big wave surfer. 
who has never pursued competition is arguably one of the most, not even arguably, he's one of the most famous surfers in the world. But by removing himself from that, and, and, and actually there's a lot of stories of different surfers where the competition just completely ruined surfing for them and it didn't allow them to express what they wanted to express and how they wanted to express. And by removing the competition element, they were able to go on and achieve really great things because they weren't confined within the barriers or the boundaries yeah. of this is, this is how you have to do it. Like you can't pull that trick because that doesn't work in this competition. So they were able to then go off on their own. And, you know, it's, it's a, only in a world, if you're driven by, you know, wanting to make financial success or, you know, have those trappings, does it become a, a, a hurdle for you uh, to achieve great things? But if those things aren't your concern, then you can just go away and like, okay, I'm going to hit the surf for 10 hours a day and like, you know, really develop my craft for the sake of mastery you know, first and foremost. And then if anyone else watches me do it, then then fine. And I, I personally, I would say that's the perspective you should pursue anything with. It's always for, for the mastery of the craft. If you're so inclined to want to pursue one thing, whether it be yeah. football or handstands or surfing or whatever else, or, you know, or painting or, you know. Mm. I think that comes down to having a certain level of, um, like I said, it's passion that, that drives that. And I think you see that a lot in, in freestyle sports. We were talking about this a bit, a bit earlier about, there was a real kickback when the Olympics is, I mean, I think Olympics and, and what they've done, particularly with the Winter Olympics, and it's now coming into into summer <clears throat> sports, they revolutionised what have become a fairly tired and outdated <clears throat> competition by bringing urban sports, if you want to call them that, freestyle snowboarding, freestyle skiing, taking what the X Games and everything that was good about the X Games and bringing that into Olympic sport has reinvented um, that whole kind of culture around what the Olympics means and who wants <clears throat> to be involved in it. But there was a point to start off with where the Olympics is just not cool. Like, I don't want to have a gold medal. I don't ride so that you guys can tell me if I'm good or not. It was I ride because I want to go out with my mates. And I've, I've spoken to a few people that work in performance, snowboarding and freestyle. Um, and that culture of how they get athletes to get into the performance pathway, if we, if we want to call it that, it's a completely different approach from what we do when we've got a swimmer who's 12 years old and we say, you need to specialize. You've got to start doing 20 hours a week training if you're going to be a good swimmer and reach your potential and that might be a national age group swimmer it could be on a gb team but the guys i think there's something that's, that's so different and why we see so many people drop out of sport at a certain age where they've specialized early is some of the things that we talk about in terms of freedom of movement freedom of expression do what you want to do because move how it makes you move move in a way that makes you feel happy move in a way that makes you excited and exhilarated that's passion and that's without the constraints of move like this because that's what you've got to do to win a gold medal. And I think the two things are completely different. And that's what I think is interesting about when you talk about big wave surfers, why do you want to ride big waves? Why don't you want to be like the best competitive surfer in the world? Because riding big waves just makes me happy, probably. Mm. It gives me an excitement that I'm just not going to get from competing. I don't care about competition. But I think that comes from a great degree of self-awareness. Like and maybe it's subconscious, maybe on, I don't know unconscious or conscious maybe not but it's it's knowing yourself and being comfortable with that and a culture where you don't have to be the the best because you're on top of a podium he is one of the best like big wave surfers the world has ever seen but he doesn't do it i, th I think this is where you're touching on a really important point we come we are starting to come across with a um a greater frequency is that <clears throat> the movement expression is purely a way to learn about yourself so we, the most recent one we had was with a climber called Ron Kalk in Yosemite recently. Um, 
absolute legends, you know, pioneered a lot of the routes in Yosemite and, you know, he's just kind of regarded as one of the greatest climbers the world's ever seen, I suppose. You yeah, know? of his generation. Yeah. Of his generation. Did he use and his legs or just his own? <laughs> he was, he was made. He, well, he was he's good so good he legs. just slicks up like but a snake. But he did he do 100 pull-ups a day. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's strong. You know. As a teenager, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he, he talks about uh, how he would climb these new routes that would take him X amount of time and then the importance of taking time away from it to, to work out what it was that he learned about himself. And I think, you know, that's when the, the, the all movement is art, but that's when it takes on this deeper meaning where it can actually give you something more than like a, a notch on the bedpost of I rode that wave or I climbed that thing or I, you know, got my muscle up or whatever else you know but we have to fight for that in performance sports so some of the stuff that we do with the athletes that, that we've worked with and, and particularly it's prevalent in swimming which is a sport we've done a lot in post-race reflections it got to the point where there is a designated point in the prep area at a competition where swimmers go after a race by themselves and they record a reflection so we, we're putting that habit Amazing. in so okay what do you learn from that race straight away and then yeah there's probably going to be a debrief further down the line and video analysis you can look at but straight off the cuff but we've got young swimmers so a lot of the other guys particularly in Paralympic sport can be 14 to 17 maybe so they're, they're they haven't have a level of maturity of someone like who's just been in the surf for 20 years and all of a sudden you kind of it's different different mm. conversation um but it's also the difference again is that in structured sport and specialized sport especially where early specialization is, is a thing like in gymnastics you get told what to do from day one that is what you've got to do and we we saw jeremy shepherd speak at the ukca conference a couple of years ago and I, i'll never forget what he was talking about he was the strength and conditioning coach for the australian surf team i think on the world on the world tour he's now with the um, snowboarding team in, in canada but he's done a lot of research good academic and he was like, he would look at sports like diving and go, it's a square sport, boring. Because I already know what you're going to do. I mean, there's no nothing exciting about cricket and you can argue with him. But he's like, if you're in a snowboard half pipe event, if you've got a trick planned and the guy in front of you goes half a rotation bigger, you're at the top going, okay, got a decision to make now because there's no rules. As the no one said, you've got to do it this way to score that. That's what we're expecting. Um, and I really thought that was interesting. So my reflection on that in terms of creating an environment for someone to develop movement skills, movement literacy, enjoy movement and become a mover for life is that there is a role for specialism. I want Jack to experience some of that structure and going, this is how you're going to work towards a specific target. So that, that might be gymnastics, it could be diving, it could be anything. But I also want him to have exposure to freestyle sports go out on a wakeboard and do whatever you want to do. Move in a way that makes you feel good because I think there's a value in both. Like we we came from a structured sport and rugby made me, from a coaching perspective as well, it gave me so many skills of understanding parameters. We called the ref sir from day one because that was what it was. You could never turn around and give a torrent of abuse at the referee and there's a respect within that. And there are these good things, but I think having having that and encouraging the reflection, and, and I feel really... I'm excited for Jack and I'm excited for myself because of, because we've had exposure and you guys are the same. You've had exposure to a lot of people. You've learned a lot. I can give them so much more. We can sit in the car and I way back from a rugby game and go, how'd you play today? Talk to me. Like, what was good about what you did? But start to encourage those things from an early age. What did you enjoy about playing? I like scoring tries. Mm. I think the, re the reflection is such a big part. I mean, it's probably where actually all the gains are made. 
it's so easy to discount and you just go straight to the next thing. And it's like, I want to be, you almost forget about it. I want to do the next thing. Yeah. Particularly if it goes badly, you don't want to yeah. remember. I remember mm. a very, when I was very young, one of our, our coaches said to us, if you, it's, it's amazing. I can, this is, we're talking probably like 25 years ago. I can't remember anything else from, from that long ago. But he said, like if well, we'd lost and everyone was being, you know, packing us out about it. And he was like, if you, um, if we, if you lose and you don't learn anything from it, you've not lost by enough. Mm. And I thought that was, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it makes me think of, uh, the process of mastery. There's a, a fantastic book by, uh, an author called Robert Green. And he talks us through the stages of mastery. Um, and there's apprenticeship and there's apprenticeship where you're uh, doing practice and then there's your own practice. And I, and I, and you know, you watch any Kung Fu movie and there's, you know, the, the absolute necessity of har- having a guru or a master to kind of learn from. But then I think at a certain point, that master then has to be able to take a, a step back and say, well, this is up to the individual to kind of, you know, express themselves however they want and whether they want to like kind of burn out or throw it all away or whether they want to go on to their greatest potential. But it's up to the individual to make that decision. I think it's a really critical part. It's really critical on the opposite side to have that master to be able to question and encourage the reflection and encourage the growth because they've been through the process. They know the process. They know where to push the buttons to sort of say, well, you know, how did you defend there? You know, you keep making this mistake over and over mm. again that you can't see in that moment. Of course you can't, you know, especially when you're young, you're too emotional, but you know, the master can sort of thing. So I think, I think it's just such a fine line with it all. Yeah. I think you need both. Like you said, yeah, well, the discipline of structure. If, if, uh, yeah. Is, Cause if, uh, yeah. if generalism was going to cover everything, then within that needs to be some specialism. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. it's missing specialism. And I think, yeah, like be you're probably more potentially is there more likely to be like when you said about Bruce Lee before, um, there's a guy who was oh, I'm gonna forget Josh Waltzkin. So that right, he'd done like he'd been world chess champion and then like learned and then just took the process of like, how did I become the best at this? And then applied it to, and then went and won like a Kung Fu championship uh, or something like that. Didn't just like, but applying mm. a, right, there's a, there's a process, there's a steps yeah, I can yeah. go through that I can just apply to different things. Yeah. Does potentially like a specialist approach encourage us to figure that out and then we can apply it in then different areas. And yeah. then we're, we're able to but when you see the generalists, they're not structured less. Like generalism doesn't mean, oh, I'll just do whatever I like today. They're, they're still like, yeah you know, I want to be able to do a handstand and this and that and the other. There's, there's still the discipline. I think that's the, when you understand discipline and turning up and process and scaling and progression and progression combined then with who you are as a person. So I have a natural flair for that and you marry the two. That's where potential seemed for me, like having this conversation, that's where potential is rather than if you follow a structure and you're physically able, you'll become like, you could pick up most sports. I could pick up most sports and you get, I can kind of do that, but I don't enjoy it. So I never progress it past the point where other people are like, what, why is that person so good at that? Cause they're not as able as me, but they're just turning up, following the process. And you're like, they just have this scientific, like mathematic, brain which is like why just turn up every day and just work at 55 percent rather than just kind of once a week 105 percent knackered for the rest of the week but smashed it yeah. they'll just overtake you by a country mile and you're like but you, you're running at half the speed yeah half the speed every day 
it's a real structure and real discipline to that. And often I think maybe th- four and below, they don't have the, as much creativity as those people to express that bit. And that's the nuance that then takes you into your potential. And I think it's finding those parts where you can be at the top of the slope and go, cool, you did that. Going to go big. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Because I can, line. yeah. And, and you, you have that ability to dip in because the structure and the discipline has given you an amazing foundation to go. I don't have to think about any of all of that stuff. It's just taken care of. And in that moment, that's, mm. that's when I turn, you don't even turn it on. It's just there. And if I land it, amazing. Well, you we, know. We've been talking a bit, we, we did our coaching calisthenics seminar a couple of weeks ago. We've, we've talked around reductionism and, and how science and a lot of practices taking us down this route, this, this route of, assuming that major things have a major impact and minor things have a minor impact. So we want to try and break things down to small little segments that we, our small human brain can understand and it takes it out of a systems approach. And there's a couple of books I've been reading and some stuff that's buzzing around in my head around it. And this idea that, so we're talking very much potentially around the physical, but then if we put that into a, into a complex system, we've also now got the mindset and the fear of failure. So yes, you may have the physical ability to go bigger on a half pipe trick to, to win the competition, but are you fa- afraid of failure? What happens if you, if you crash? So do you then at that point decide to play it safe? And now it's a mindset thing, but you only get that potentially if you are in a slightly competitive environment. That's what's gonna bring out the best in most people. Some mm. people might be able to turn it on, but if you're riding with your mates and someone's gone big, there's no structured mm. competition, no gold medal on the line. Okay, you're riding with your mates. You might still go big, but only because somebody went and did it before. If that mm. was you going down the mountain first, like... Unless you're in an environment, and we were talking about this today on the train, like only being around people that everyone's almost calling each other out. And a friend of ours, Jess, who was a skater, he was in, like years ago, he was in San Francisco and he said, I'd never met this kind of, and they turned out to then all be like that generation. They were just all ruthless on each other. They were all really tight, but they were like, that shit, you can do that better. And, mm. and Jess was like, mm. you know, don't say that to me. Like this English way. And they were just all riding so hard. At the end of the session, they were just back to normal, but they were just, there was just that, they were just climbing the whole time and whether there was an aggression there. and But they were just like, just, pushing themselves there was that competition the, the, the question was like who are the, pe- the people that I'm surrounding myself with like how are they inspiring me good and bad yeah. like if they're inspiring me to <clears throat> just do shit things or things that are not progressing me then why why are they in my life and if they're inspiring me to do great things which could be competition uh, competitive mm. you know because your friends kind of just pulled out the latest greatest trick and in that blind flash of the moment you're inspired to do to try something else then you know, they're the people that you should be around. The, 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 the prime example that comes to mind of that is Deuce Gym in, in LA that we talk about all the time. Yeah. Because it's just, that's the environment. You know, they've, they've been so good. Ultra supportive. They've been so good in, really... in curating a culture and environment in which everyone's ultra supportive. <laughs> um, everyone's pushing you. Everyone's, you know, uh, you know, calling you out if you're being slack. And, and it, you see it in the clientele, you see it in the trainers. Yeah, you know, it comes from a culture from top down in respect of Logan's kind of intentionally created that culture. And it's like, that's that's the people that you want to be around, right? Mm. The people that are going to inspire that. And 
yeah, there's kind of competition, but it's friendly, you know, friendly type of competition in, in the sense of what Yami was saying of like, okay, well, this person has done that and they've shared it with me. So now I can try and do this. I'm going to share it back with them. There's a common theme, right? Of everyone progressing and everyone getting as good as they can be. And of course, within that, one person's going to be better mm. because that's just, yeah. you know, that's the way it goes. It makes, it's, it makes me want to ask the question like, why? Why do we, why do we want to try and push everything so far and it's maybe a, not, not necessarily an answer uh, for that I know the answer <laughs> um, we put the quote in one of our ebooks, and it's a Walt Disney quote and I can't remember it verbatim but essentially what you're saying is we keep pushing forwards because we're curious yeah. and I think that's yeah. what it is for me it's like for us in calisthenics you do one thing you're like I wonder if I can do that, that that's, that's enjoyment I've got yeah. satisfaction out of it can I do that next thing? And that's from even a snowboarding as well, like or any of that sort of that environment of going, well, if I could do that, then I wonder if I could do this thing. But I also think that comes from a place of being naturally ambitious, optimistic, wanting to push forward and drive and see where, what are your limits? And I don't what, think we do it because we, we have a maturity at our age of looking back and going, well, it's good to push your limits. But when you're a kid, you're not really kind of conscious of that. You're just trying to see yeah, what is possible. But why, are we, but why are we so curious? It's a beautiful thing, right? Because I think it, that's I, I'm, I'm being human, it, isn't that. it? I think we, we haven't, we know we have a huge amount of potential yeah. and I think we're, we're, we know we're not actually there. We, we, we just yeah. want to, and I think that goes for anyone. Yeah. I really think that's for anyone, whether they whether they move or not, but they're curious about. Oh, I could because it's it's kind of um, it's, your brain starts to fire, doesn't it? When you do something different, it might be you, you. I don't know. You're super into maths, and you get like this equation right, and you're like, "That was sick," <laughs> you know. If that can ever be sick, but hey, everyone, check out my, <laughs> check check out my equation. But <laughs> and then you try it again, and I, I think we just. I think that's being human. I think we have. I think there's. Uh, a lot of Tim did a Tim sort of in, for one of our podcasts recently we, we interviewed each other and on his he, he asked me a couple of questions that made me like properly stop and think and I don't like I agree with what you're saying but I think there's a, so many people out there that don't life just and everything becomes so busy and there's so much there's some quote recently about um, the amount of information in one day that we receive is like more than the last 50 years or something yeah what it is i don't know you might know what the it's and it's yeah it's it's huge it's it's decades and decades so we don't actually like stop we don't actually like even consider like why don't i like my job yeah i just i just literally wake up and go i hate my job yeah so that goes back that goes back to reflection though yeah yeah, you know of like okay so what's actually important because you're right pretty quickly you know people are always saying oh my god this year went so fast no, it went exactly the same pace <laughs> as every other fucking year on record. But it's But you know, because you filled your year full of shit. You know, so what actually is really important? I think that's probably actually uh, uh, a perfect example of when someone does achieve mastery because they just cut out all the noise, mm. all the nonsense, and they're fully focused on what it is that they do. You know. Yeah. So another thing we've been talking about from a book that I'm reading is the willpower versus desire and i've had a huge amount of willpower so it was been so strong that it injured my shoulders it burnt me out it 
took me to a really dark place. And I think that's where a lot of people think that's what willpower is. It's just, I'm going to push through at all costs. I think it's really interesting. Nike is just do it. And I was thinking brackets at all costs because actually there are two different things. And this uh, chapter in the book talked about, we've got willpower. We've switched it around in our mind. Willpower isn't the ability to push through at all costs. Willpower is the ability to pr protect doing what you love from outside influences trying to derail you. Yeah. And you're like, ah, yeah. And then doing what you love, when the desire is so strong, you don't really need the willpower to stop you doing those things because you're just like, I'm, you know, I'm so focused on the thing that I love. So it's finding that thing that allows you to reach your potential. And willpower just is there as a backup which allows you to like, you know, it's like, oh, wow, we are saying, you know, oh, three girls have asked me out tonight. It's like, no, because if I go out, I can't go climbing tomorrow. And that's what I love doing. I'll see you afterwards. Mm. And, and but we, we kind of go, no, I want it all. And I'm going to push through. And it's a badge of honor to be tired. It's a badge of honor to be, you know, broken. It's a badge of honor to, which is to be busy, to be all of this. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be busy. I think when people say they're busy, it's bullshit. I really do. It's inefficient. It's, I don't think it's even inefficient. Well, inefficient because I think it's just <laughs> bullshit. No one's busy. Because if you really want to do something, yeah. you will you will make it happen. A friend of mine who, who works in leadership now, he even said to me, um, he asked me, we were just chatting, and um, he says, how are, you? how are you? I said, mate, I'm busy. And he just turned around and quipped. This was a couple of years ago. He goes, business is a state of mind. But then we later that year, we went and climbed the three peaks. And he's not fit. Like At the time, he wasn't. So we're walking up and he wants to give it a go and, and, and we're walking together halfway up Scaffold Pike and I went, mate, how you getting on? He goes, mate, I'm tired. And I went, tiredness is a state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> right back at you. But you're right. And I think there is, I've, I've, there's a few people I've spoken to this week actually said, how's things going? It looks great. I'm like, yeah, mate. And I've, I've intentionally tried to say, or not say I'm busy. I said, we've got a lot on. Like, especially when you start thinking, we talked about generalism, but we're also now talking about building a business, let's not even talk about running a business, like building a business and running a business, being a dad, trying to be a husband, trying to have a social life. Like that, those things then start to become, you can't be all in on, on one of them if you want to have some function. And the other thing you mentioned about, about for you, burnout, as Brett Bartholomew is a guy that we had on the podcast a while ago. He put something up on social which really resonated with me because I've been close to burnout before. I don't think I've actually kind of gone over the edge, but there's a few occasions where I've been like properly redline. And he said that, you can only, I'm going to paraphrase, but you basically you can only burn out if you've put so much into something. You've put everything in, emotionally very invested in the process, and you've gotten to a point where you realize that it's not yielded the results that you expected. That's when you, you burn out, that you've gone all in and it hasn't manifested itself. But then that gives you context because now you're in a point where you've been so close, you now have a relevant or a more accurate perspective of willpower and desire and how to sort of balance those things out and I think again it's like you've almost sometimes got to go too far to know where the limits are and that could be that your shoulder breaks down if it's calisthenics or you find your sporting potential where pushing a little bit further to get an extra five kilos on the bar is actually the law of diminishing returns it's not really worth it yeah. and the same thing happens in life we push so hard <clears throat> with business that it takes up all of my time I'm busy I'm burning out and then you go do you know what actually I'm really missing out on mm. being present when I'm at home because I'm on Instagram instead of sat with Jack yeah. building blocks. 
which mm. arguably like what's more important yeah I, I think I think those like, blocks down when I built a he's aggressive with him isn't he <laughs> <laughs> I think language is really important here too because you know busyness to me reflects uh, something negative like I'm really busy like you know it's never said like, oh yeah I'm really busy you know it's, <laughs> so it's like yeah I'm really fucking busy I'm exhausted but you know last year we were talking about this and uh, uh, we used the phrases like yeah I, I've been choosing to spend my time you know working on this there's like it. there's like an intention behind what it is that you want to do. It's, it's also like, relative, isn't it? It's like yeah. to what? But we, I said this to, to you the other day. We were talking about being busy. And I went. To be fair though, like when we met Ross Edgley, and he'd like <laughs> driven through the night from. He'd been with the the SAS or we'd but whatever. And if I've, I've said to Tim, I was like, we we are we do we have got we do do quite a lot and this that the other, but we've never had like two hours sleep and been driving through the middle of the night to go and meet someone else to do another podcast. Like it's all, it's rel- like relative to what we were before. Um, we're also not sponsored by Red Bull. Which means that you can do more. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, yeah, that, that, that relativeness of like, when we, we, we sort of say, we, we potentially just talk about language, we potentially just, we get used to just saying things and yeah. actually you're not actually thinking, you're not stopping and going, how do I actually feel today? I'm just, I'm all, I feel always busy. So I'm just going to say yeah. busy. I, I, I think like, it's really interesting, Chris, when you, when you mentioned that, because we're being self-employed and running a business, people say, how's it going? I come we're really busy. They go, that's good, isn't it? And I'm yeah. going, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really hard. <laughs> we also related to what it's used to, what, something I used to, I used to wrestle with when I was, when I was playing like professional rugby in the, I liked I liked it or I loved it and there was certain like any job there's certain bits for that are great there's Tuesday afternoons in the pissing rain and there's some massive bloke just wants to smash you you're like I'd happily happily be stacking shells at Aldi like brilliant but um, just that moment before impact like that that scene in the movie it's like this flash Shelves, yeah, stacking, <laughs> jam. Yeah, quick cut back to like sort of your face in slow motion, being like, whoa, 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 whoa. so the you know I mean? There's always things that we don't, yeah, that aren't that, that are good. They take the good with the bad, but like um, the 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 feeling of like we are what we do rather than like we are who we are was something I've and some of the. We'd done some like mind used to do some performance mindset work with some of the Paralympic athletes we were working with, and you know what happens if you're like if you're in a sport, you've unless it's snooker or golf, you're not going to do it forever. Like you're going to retire around about thirty something, and so you can't be the footballer forever. Mm. So what are you going to do when you finish? Mm. And it was. Um, what was James Clancy the from the he was in the Marines and he he he's gone into he he said he came out and for two years he he thought he was going to get a job just in the city working in the bank or whatever and he just couldn't do it and he had two years of getting out of the military where he just went awol and couldn't manage the 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 change and because our um, that identity is in the thing that you were doing. And mm. so off, all the, when we're talking now, like when someone asks you how you're doing, particularly when you're self-employed, but even if you're not self-employed, you just, it tends to be like, um, basically same. how work is. Same. And like when someone goes, um, you meet someone for the first time, 
what's your name yeah. and then what do you do and I don't know like, by the I name to... I just go what do you do yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> comes out a second I used to hate you're going to forget your name anyway so. <laughs> I, used to, I used to hate I, I really used I really used to hate I don't know why I, it became a bit of a thing that I then like hated and then it was like you meet so I'd like they're not want to meet because like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation yeah quite I never know when someone says that how we answer that and you just go because and it's just yeah. like Oh, I'd, I'd rather say, do you want to go in the sea? <laughs> <laughs> there was something that made me... We were, to, like, we're talking about reflection. There was something that, as ever we were talking through everything so far, that was making me reflect on um, something for myself from a sporting background with the generalist, the specialist, that one thing that I... The, or the, the missed in the conversation potentially you said a little bit about the um, the guys pushing each other in in what was what, what skating, sport, in skating. Yeah. but there weren't uh, the difference between like the team dynamic and I used to get asked like what do you miss what do you miss playing rugby like or what do you miss and I used to be quite sort of dismissive about it because I don't know I think mentally I used to think that if you missed it then it's a negative thing or whatever but the thing that I'd, I reflecting on literally as we're talking that none of those other movement, this, that, that none of those things that we talked about, or every sport that's been mentioned so far, doesn't have that element of, and the element of competition within a team, that I, that it, I do miss that, that there's a day in a time where the whistle's going to go and it's just a game, it doesn't matter. But for the next 80 minutes... Those fifteen blokes over there are going to try and batter us, <laughs> and like we've got to, like there's a there's a competitiveness. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, that that's that that I don't have him. Like that's something that I haven't well, found I, elsewhere since finishing doing a sport. I yeah. think I think it's uh, sorry to interrupt. I think it's a really important element. I think if you um, I'm totally going off the cuff here and yeah. just popped into my mind. I think if you go back to indigenous tribes. You see that a lot with, uh, I wanted to call it war games, you know, with the young warriors, because you can't go to war all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so to dispel that energy and to dispel that, that adrenaline, it's like you have to have these, these competitive, uh, you know, pursuits in whatever shape or form they are in order to kind of get that out and let that be expressed to, so it doesn't become, um, it doesn't become chaotic and it doesn't become un unruly. I think, it, I think it's just a really important thing. You know, I think it probably becomes a problem when people forget that it ends at 90 minutes or yeah. whatever the, the thing is and it, it goes on and on and on. It's like, no, no, this is just a, a 60 minute thing. Mm. And it's like, no one wins anything at the end. It's just yeah. a way to have a, you know, especially for, for you know, people with a lot of testosterone, yeah. basically, yeah. you know, well, clashing of heads and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And when I, if I think like the funny thing about it, me saying it now is during it, most of the time, I was petrified or it was like, do you know what I mean? It was like, you get But I used to, I used to enjoy the challenge of like trying to get psyched up and like, but not too psyched up, but then being able to do it. And, and the idea of obviously saying now, like, uh, I think I miss it. But if you said I had to go and get to that level tomorrow, like it's exhausting, just but, the mental side. Yeah. And maybe you do it in a different way. Yeah. Like, I not think to that intensity. It's but, really important yeah. to do things. I mean, I wouldn't have gone climbing unless it was us yeah. four, like having that, I have no interest in climbing on my own anymore or training on my own. It's only because I'm, because then you can share it and it's yeah. like, I, it feels like a team, but, and I guess my sports have always been individual, but you then trust your life to someone holding your rope. 
yeah. which is a pretty intense intense team. Same in, you know, you're hoping that your mate's going to fucking stop that massive train coming at me because I've yeah. got the ball. And, you know, and when you have that connection, you don't even have to worry because he's just taking him out and you've been able. And I think that, I think we just need that. So when we, it's interesting with apps and yeah. fitness and apps and it's like, it's isolating too many people. And yeah. actually it's about bringing people together. Yeah. And I gar- it's like, I guarantee if you're with meeting those people every, you know, or twice a week, your performance will just it's get one better. one of the things we love about calisthenics that guaranteed you could go in, I could go into a gym and if I'm doing a handstand or trying to do a handstand and there's someone else that's also, we'll, we'll end up talking, but it may, I've, I've, my wife works at Nuffield and um, I go to the gym up there sometimes and it's not that it's all like, you know, everyone's headphones on, don't talk to anybody on the weights machine and like, it makes me sad, but literally I get sad, like watching it going like, why? Are, and I'm not that outwardly going enough to go, come on guys, let's have a come and do that. <laughs> but it just, I'm literally watching it going like, why are you doing that? And like exercise is good. It's like a nice sunny day. Go and do something. But probably goes to explain why those fitness environments don't really get you fit. Gyms don't work. <laughs> like, I think it'll, I, I can see that like going... Hence the rise in CrossFit right. and all of that yeah. stuff. How well, like, the rise in communities, right? Yeah, With Charlie exactly. and Run Them Crew or CrossFit or even oh, in London. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, people want to be together because yeah. you know, that's how we're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's, you know, the, the genetics, so gym, I suppose. The big gym chains could... Well, I think they're, 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 just not they're being challenged, aren't they? You know, they're, they're, they're being yeah, challenged yeah. by, you know, the smaller boutique fitness gyms, which are then being challenged by... Because we go, even we just want a gym. We want to, like, buy a garage and turn it into our own gym only for people who kind of want to come down. It's like, that's... That's what, you know, I was saying, Mike's gym in my bear, that's how his started. Yeah. So yeah. Men's Health described it as the best uh, gym in the world. He started by, he had he bought a shed to put his jet skis in that, that in the winter. Um, and then during the winter, they needed somewhere to train. So he put a couple of pull-up bars in this like shed that had the jet skis in. And then a few of his mates came and then literally, like we recorded a podcast with him, he tells a story about how it, now it's like this enormous, it's absolutely You always need to get on the mic. Yeah, 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 amazing. Amazing. It's and so good. It, he, he, it, it's, the beautiful thing about his place is that he did exactly what you just said. He just built something for him. Mm. And he's very brash about that. He's like, I built this for me. I'm going to, he's like, I'll beat anybody on that course because I designed it for me. Like, if you want yeah. to come along, great. But it's not important for you. But but we, we're running around the obstacle course and there's like a big concrete, like, um, barrel or something in the, in the, in the dirt. And one of the girls runs around it. And he, I won't use his language, but he's like, get back over it. Put four days to, take, to put that in there. You get back over there and run over it. Like, there's blood, sweat, and tears in that, in that yeah. course. I think that's how great things are made when you yeah. don't pander. Like your, your when your your vision yeah. to anyone else, you're like, oh, I'm doing this for me, yeah. and then people are like, oh yeah, that's inspiring, or oh, I want to be involved in it, you know, like Charlie, yeah. we run them crew, you know, just getting out on the streets, running on his own, and then all of a sudden it becomes a movement with 300 people, mm. you know, because you're just doing what you want to do. Yeah. We've experienced that. Calisthenics for us, the school of calisthenics started as that. It was Jack and I messing about in the gym because it was fun. And then we had no intentions of teaching to start off with. We were just doing it because we thought we might learn something. It was a different form of training. We thought yeah. it was cool, different challenge, and we got hooked on it. And we were awful. And then everybody... There was nowhere in the gym to do it. No, we were just yeah. sort of like in between machines and whatnot. And yeah. 
There was a pole dancing pole, that was it. Yeah. Um, Perfect flag. Yeah, well, that's where we learned to flag. It was a girl, it was a girl who used to, to teach pole on oh, yeah, it was in the gym. Afternoon. Have you finished dancing on that? <laughs> yeah, we get off that now. Let the, let the big boys have a Put your panties back on, Tim. <laughs> but then, you still got your high heels. Yeah, I have, yeah. Um, but then, it's hard, though, pole, apparently, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're super strong. Yeah. Like, so they, some of the stuff that they would do, we were like, like mm. close. But we got to a point where we, we got okay, and then people were like, you know, if you guys like want to teach us, like, I'd like to learn to do that. I'd, I'll come to a workshop soon. Oh, let's put a workshop on. And then Amazing. we came down and we saw you guys in, yeah. in, in pool. And all of a sudden we were like, you know what, let's just put some stuff out. And a lot of it came from us wanting to just to share the enjoyment that we'd had because we found calisthenics was so difficult to get into. And we had some unique experience of training Paralympic athletes. It meant that we saw the training environment a little bit differently. So you've, you, you can't show me a textbook that shows you how to get a double leg amputee to run a two hour the 40 marathon. But I know how to do that because I trained a guy. Like, yeah. So we just started applying that into what we were doing with calisthenics and made it accessible to literally anybody who can walk in the door and we'll go, I've got the exercise for you because I'm not constrained by this environment of three sets of 10 and these are the bench, mm. squat and deadlift. Um, and I think that's one thing that's, that, that we've, it started so organically and it started with us sharing a passion. Other people have cottoned onto it and gone, I get really excited about that too. And I can be part Abs of help. something. Abs help, apparently. <laughs> um, that's what you've always got your tops off. <laughs> but we put community at the, at like the, the it's the, the forefront of what we do. Like we just, we, before we saw you guys today, we recorded a graduate celebration. So the end of every month, we take people who've sent us videos on Instagram. Amazing. Then doing something for the first time, we sit down and we just give some, some running commentary on it. But showcasing that other people are out there doing something awesome. And I think that, that's the inspiration point of going I don't think there's many people in our community that want to be better than me no one's ever said that to me like oh you've done that I'm going to get you they're always just like that's amazing mm -hmm. I'm working on X, Y and Z so it's it's not a competitive environment but there's a source of inspiration for them to yeah. be more and I think that goes back to a point we were yeah. talking about before about the people that you surround yourself with and community is important but we live in a society which is disconnected people don't know who they are living next door to that they sleep five meters or less away from but people are connecting on social and that's one of the real good things about social is we can reach out and we can have impact with people who otherwise we would have absolutely no way of yeah. connecting with we had a guy came to the gym was driving down from harrogate as a drummer <clears throat> on his way back home in london and dropped into the gym and we just like you'd done a session with him i was on the way past great but it's just it's that human connection that you and we're using social to facilitate that. Like we're, we're doing a Tough Mudder event. Just come along. If you want to come and hang out with us for a day, we're going to do it. Let's meet face to face. And there's some people that have been with us from the start. And you ask them what's great about school of calisthenics? Community. That's the best thing. It's not whether I can do a mm. plan show or not. Yeah. We sort of, and we stumbled across that just, well, the whole thing's just like growing organically from, as you said, like us just messing about. We, and we had this handstand world record attempt that we tried to, the record, I think is something like 398 people mm doing a handstand at the same time. For 15 seconds. For 15 seconds. Which is which, no mean feat. Which, which, which <laughs> we, tried, out. We, tried, we tried to beat last year. We're still waiting for Guinness World Records to come back with a clarification whether we did or not. But um, we, at the end of that day, there was like, we were just astounded by the people that had cut, like people, it was someone from Belgium, someone from South Africa, um, someone from Norway. Or, and it was just like, where people had come from and some of them we were like how's your 15 second handstand going they were like no chance and we're like why how come you've i just wanted to come and be part of this thing and we did a couple of interviews with some of the people that had come um afterwards and just asking them some questions about like you know what do they why calisthenics and what are they like about it and it, it 
what they were saying, like, really just brought... I said to Tim, I was like, we've... Something has happened here that, like, we were completely unaware of was happening. We just thought we were teaching some people to do a handstand. Mm. And actually, it's far bigger than that. Mm. Um, and it is... And that, that community aspect has risen on its own to just be, like, the biggest thing. And it's probably the thing I'm most proud of, if that's the right yeah. word, even though we didn't... We don't actually... It's all... It's, it's everybody else. It's nothing to do with us. If we set um, out to create a community, it would have been completely different. The, yeah. the beauty of yeah. it, that it was completely organic. And I think that comes from people seeing passion and that's infectious. Enthusiasm is infectious. And inspiring people and freeing people to think, I'm going to... You've made it okay for me to be a bit crap because you're a bit crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So I'm gonna also just going to get involved and see what I can do. And then we go back all the stuff that we talked about... Um, yeah. yeah. Just for the record, Sarah. My next door neighbour. Yeah. <laughs> Works for Trail Finders. She's in America or something because she has to go on these trips so she can tell people about them. Amazing right. job. So I've done the Inca Trail. Work paid for it. <laughs> I want her job. Good aside. <laughs> Is this where you were about to split up? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, boys. I got School. a, yeah. I got School a job. <laughs> yeah. School's out. <laughs> Yeah, community is, um, you can't manufacture it. You guys have got a great opportunity to do something cool, like to talk about what you guys have got coming up because you've actually spent a lot of time and effort in terms of going out there and connecting. And I think that's the one thing when you're talking at the beginning, James, that I'm really envious that you guys have had the opportunity to do is to go out and expose, get exposure to so many people, so many different so ideas, diverse, yeah. so cool. Um, and what I'm excited about for you guys now and for WeMove is what you do with that. Because you're not just going to sit on and go, we are some pretty smart dudes now. Like We've got loads of stuff and my life's amazing because I'm implementing it all. Like you, go, you guys are now going to go out and share that with others. No, I've got to tell you though, it's tempting just to keep going. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's so much fucking fun. Yeah. Well, I think we see ourselves as we're kind of explorers and like like modern day explorers. Like you've got beards. like yeah. Ross Edgley doing his stuff and we're kind of, there's no, we just go out. And we're like, we no idea. We're totally out of our depth with, you know, induced gym. It's like, who are the two skinny white English guys? <laughs> this is where generalisation works really well. I can do that. I can do that. I can't do it as well as you, but I can do it. Yeah. But we'll turn up and go, yeah, yeah okay, we cool. Have you yeah. done <laughs> <laughs> uh, got then, magazine around here. <laughs> but I think just going out there, I think that's kind of what we've done. And then... So we, we love being explorers because it's amazing. It's then when, when we come back and like, how do you, how do you bring all of those people yeah, together? That's the great thing. You're facilitating bringing all that stuff because not that all of the stuff that you're bringing together is not going to bring, come together on its own. Mm. It needs someone to facilitate that coming through. Yeah. And something you said right at the beginning about that you're, you're not going with an ego or going to these people to, to you know, you don't want to have a conversation with Wim Hof because you want to tell him what you know yeah. about how to You don't want to do it like that. that. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? It's like totally not, it's like, tell, tell us so that we can like then go and share this yeah. with more people and try and join some of these dots up together. And yes. I think that's, yes. that's the beauty of it. That's where, that's where it then has real impact for people because rather than, you having to as a as a you know a consumer of your stuff rather than me having to go and speak to research that person and that person and that but you're actually just bringing it all together yeah. and the, is it the the, the complete the human, human experience, experience. Yeah. so that's what we're working on next which is a three day 
the complete human I am I am the complete human experience I have told people that um, what do you do yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well I don't say what I do I say this is who I am I am the complete, <laughs> the complete human, human experience uh, you talk about yourself in the third person yeah. like that would be good well we were working out kind of what we do because we can't oh gosh we should put like a calisthenics workshop out it's like well that's it's really disingenuous to us but we know these people and we know that say breath work and calisthenics they don't really come together apart from a few people so can we bring them together um and we also realized that the magazine's been a great calling card the podcast is the future of that kind of media and, and because there are so many great people that we're yeah. seeing but how do you start to implement, not implement, how do you start to positively affect change for other people? Read all the stuff you like. You've got to experience it. You know, you can have, yeah. I've got the handstand ebook. Doesn't mean I can do the handstand, but I've got all the what? ebooks. What? I've got all the ebooks. Um, Couldn't quite work out the picture. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. in a, just on a, before you carry on, we're in a, in a stage of uh, technology and, and, and I'm going to use the word society again, where we just consume our job is, or our, our, our mindset is, get a, get an Audible subscription, it's one book a month, just flipping, like, consume, consume, consume content. And the point of actually being able to do something with it, I think for you guys, is then really interesting to go, and you need to actually bring it to life. Because unless you do something about the last business book, or the last, I've got a breathwork book, do I do breathwork? No. Nope. Because yeah, I'm reading yeah. a different book now about yeah. teams. So yeah. now, now it's about teams. <laughs> yeah. I should be doing breath work. You, you can read the, you've been reading the whole time we've been here. Badly. <laughs> from my upper ribcage, Dave. Um, Not diaphragmatic. Sorry. Yeah, so so that was, yeah, shush. <laughs> shush. Trying to finish. Um, yeah, to bring it together, because you know, we're not going to create another printed magazine because we feel the life's messages we've done in those two, then it'd just be regurgitating for the sake of making another magazine. You can only write one article on breath. Which is... <laughs> in some, and out. Some, some magazines do that every month. I know. And it just seemed, it just seemed really hell. disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Abs. But we, we found that on the last trip to the States, we were driving along and I was like, I, maybe we shouldn't do another magazine. But then you're like, whoa, we're in no man's land because yeah. we move magazine. Yeah, the late, exactly the late. So that, what do you define yourself as? It's like, oh, well, well, we're not that anymore. We're, you know, where are we going? And I think it's, we were talking about this today. Like, what are we? I think it... Let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us what know. What do you want I, us to be? I think we're, we're so many things uh, because we cover so many topics. Like, and we say it's health, movement and adventure. The adventure is your experience of going out into the world and experiencing whatever you want to do at the time but how do you then bring people together in a really short space of time just download and it will be an intense three days so the complete human experience is a three-day residential experience it's going to go from the 26th of september to the 29th of september you'll arrive on a thursday night you'll leave on a sunday night and it will be intense it's being curated by one of our mentors intense it will be intense se and you will actually be sleeping <laughs> intense. Is it intense yeah yeah oh, well Everyone's going to sleep in their own tent because we're working with uh, a sleep expert. So you can yeah. experience what it is to Pumping have oxygen. No, yeah. it's, it's way more simple than that. And it's about yeah. connecting with certain things, but it will kind of knock you out of time and space. It will put you into flow. You'll go from comfort zone to growth zone. You'll be with some of the best, you know, world's innovators in running, strength training, <sighs> ah, breath, mindfulness, integration, reflection, 
you kind of won't know what's happened to you in those three days. But my personal belief is I guarantee you, you'll be better at what your chosen pursuit is than when you came in because you can't not improve when you're around 70 like-minded people yeah. or like putting you there. You'll be in, you'll be having experiences from cold immersion in the, you know, the, in the Atlantic ocean going, shit, am I even going to like come back for this? But you know, your buddy is looking after you. And one of the curators is ex special forces, you know, uh, us special forces. So he's, he's kind of curating that side of it. And I think it'll be amazing. And it's like, I know people who come and they're like big, you know, they're like CrossFit dudes. I guarantee, I pretty much, I shouldn't say guarantee, but I'm like, I know you will lift better. I know you'll perform better and you're probably not going to do any of the things that you think you should be doing, but I know your ability to express your body in the world post will be like, you just, you won't have the same uh, connection with fear or being scared. So your central nervous system will open up and you'll be like, I think, I think it will be really profound. I'm expecting everyone, including us to go through quite an emotional, you know, you'll go through that dark point to kind of be rebirthed, but it's all the experiences we've had in the three years that we've done. And we're going to package that into like mm. a three day. I think I, we're, totally excited about it because it's like oh we can do this and you can experience that person and then go from that to that and yeah this idea of oh i'm super busy i think it will just go this is what you do you wake up you get into an ice bath you know if you can't do an ice bath you have a cold shower you're like i never do that and then at the end of the three days you'll probably be doing it all the time and that will have an effect on that. So yeah, it's it's kind of where we're going is how can you bring those people together because people shouldn't be being ill, they shouldn't be burning out, but go go up to your line, cross over occasionally. But if you're gonna cross over, be around people that can bring you back yeah, in yeah. so you can reflect on it and then you can go, oh, actually, I don't, you know, I don't need to go there again. I, I've done it, I know what that looks like. I know how that feels. I can process the two together. Yeah. I think it's well, like elite you did, level training. You said you've you've been there mm. at, at burnout, and therefore, as Tim said before, that because you if you hadn't have been there, you wouldn't be able to. Although you didn't, mm. it wasn't nice when you were there. But now you have that to to reflect from, and it's relative. You you, you can talk relative to actually. I know what the what that endpoint is, yeah. and you wouldn't be able to do that if you hadn't have been through that experience yourself. And I think it's really interesting that you guys have been through similar things you know, with your shoulders, like just totally blowing up. It's, it's a burnout in, it's not like yeah. a necessarily a mental burnout, but it's a physical one. You're like, whoa, I, I have limitations. It's really healthy to know where your limitations are because you can start to adapt and find new ways through rather than just expressing willpower. And you, the guy opposite me will just be bigger and I will not go through him, mm. you know, but if you've got it, you can go around the side of him. Or through his legs. Ron said on this last trip in America, Ron Kalk, the climber we were talking about earlier on, he was talking about uh, free solo actually. And he was sort of saying, it's amazing to be able to do these feats, but what is it that you're bringing back for the people? Like what, what is it that that, that experience has given you that you bring back for, for people so they don't have to have, they don't have to go and free solo <laughs> El Capitan because they never will be able to, mm. you know, so what is it that you've learned about that to be able to give back to other people? And I kind of feel that's almost an, an a, a great way to express what we've, what we've experienced over the past four years of going out and meeting all these different people and collecting the dots. And then, you know, what have we learned from them that we can bring back 
So, you know, you don't have to go and spend four years traveling around because you probably aren't going to spend four years traveling around meeting all these people. And it's like, okay, well, this bit from that person, you know, meets this bit from that person, meets this bit from that person. This creates this like perfect experience Mm -hmm. where this is going to happen, happen as a result. And, and that's what, what, what will happen basically. And I think the nature, because it's 70 people over three days, there can be small groups. Um, and we're kind of aiming at running yoga, CrossFit and Jiu-Jitsu. But when you think of it, it's only 17 and a half people from each. Yeah. It's not that many. So who those people are become, they're all curious and committed to furthering their own practice, which isn't everyone in a CrossFit box. Mm. You're kind of picking these ones that other people look to. And then you start to have this effect of, oh, well, why is, uh, why is Swanee doing this like, breathing stuff before his workout and he's never like I'm going to do we can't go in there and go everyone should be breathing because they're like who are you you know what's your back squat 90 well whatever (laughs) (laughs) but when when the big guy's doing it (laughs) yeah 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 barefoot yeah (laughs) when the big guy's doing it they're like oh that rubs off and and it's trying to find the way through always that you can just start Mm. to to connect all those things and i think it sounds great i I think it's real i'm really excited for you guys with it because i think it's for anybody who enjoys that and has some i I listen to the event and it doesn't scare me like things like that because it's gonna go you're gonna go i'm gonna push you outside your comfort zone okay because and again it forms full circle and i think this is where the the real value of what you're saying is going to be for people if you've had those experiences, you learn that you come back from it and you reflect on it and you actually start to seek it. It's like running. Mm. Like you go out there, you absolutely gas it. Like, okay, it's flipping horrible at the time. And um, I remember one time we were doing a, I was a scuba diving instructor, I was doing my training, we were in the Sydney Harbour, the, the wind, the weather was too bad to be outside the, the, on the main, out the head of the, of the harbour. So we were in a flipping hole in 35 metres, zero viz, and I lost my head on the way back up. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, we should have been down there, like, but we had to get a deep dive done that day. But you come back and you're back on the boat and after a bit, you're like, oh, I just completely overreacted. It was fine. But you don't know that till you've been there. Yeah. And then you start to seek those opportunities. And I don't think, I think being mindful and being proactive about putting yourselves in those situations and actually creating time and space in your life just not to continue doing what you've always done is the most important thing that people can do because it, you have to afford yourself an opportunity to grow. Otherwise you'll just do what you've always done yeah. and you follow the path of least resistance. So I think it sounds great. Yeah. I think the, the interesting part for us when we've been designing it is because everyone wants to ground it in their practice. So that's actually, there's loads of opportunity for you to do the thing that you do, but we're calling those like the integration period. So you're going to learn this stuff, you can reflect on it and then integrate it into what you do. And how do you feel after you've been shit scared in the sea, then see what you're lifting. Mm. And, and then then reflect on that, of how these things have impacted on that. So you can kind of take that and go, oh, wow, that's... But then if you apply what I've learned about the breathing and down-regulating, I can control that fear to go into what I love to do and I'm all right. And, and lots of things don't integrate. That's what, and I think this generalization, specialization, the integration's not there. So jujitsu and rugby just like makes total sense. It's like, I'm on my back. Someone's trying to like wipe me out. Armbar. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally, I'm, you know, I, I, I can deal with it. You, you just don't freak out because you're like, cool, I'm on my back. 
you know, yeah. sooner or later someone, um, I can stay calm, I can downregulate, you back up rather than tense up, you know, yeah. neck's just gone because yeah. you, you, you fight or flight. So I think that's that reflection integration practice is kind of what we're most excited about, that that's what it will give people. And then if you can take that out, I think, we don't know. Sounds great. Come we're along. Gonna, we're we're going to have to yeah wrap up because we've got to catch a train. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> um, super cool to get to hang out yeah, yeah and, nice. chat, and chat about ourselves. <laughs> it's just a good like all round just a round table conversation about yeah, movement yeah, yeah. and philosophy and I think sometimes like we often when we do podcasts it's a big structure we're going to try and get some, get to a point and we know there's certain points you want to bring out but just that conversation flow like I've really enjoyed it. It's been really mm, cool. Yeah, it's yeah, been amazing. Absolutely. absolutely. Nice. We'll Boys. do round two soon. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts. So we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a load of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good. Keep it five. Five are the best. Five of your best stars, please. <laughs> And if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly, the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world. It's definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed. <laughs>